talk about the gospel a lot, but sometimes it can be hard to explain exactly what that means. In this series, we're talking about Alive in Five, which is a simple and easy to remember way to tell the story of Jesus with five symbols that represent five points in that story. We hope you enjoy this series from Apex students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little more like Jesus. Lee Rogers is a, a man that is about to turn 40 in four days. 40 in four. I love it. Happy birthday. Yeah, if I'd have known that, I'd have brought you a candle or something. This man, Lee Rogers, um, has climbed the tallest freestanding mountain in the world, Mount Kilimanjaro. This man, he was at the very top of that mountain. Amazing. Um, this man here was once employed as a professional juggler. Incredible. I love it. And my favorite statistic of all, Lee Rogers, this man was once charged twice by a black bear. All right, so give it up for Lee Rogers and welcome him as he comes up. That's true. I've had a lot of experiences in 40 years. Don't you really appreciate Pastor Chris and Samantha? They are amazing. Yes, they are pretty good. Uh, I love that the journals are here. You know, uh, last year, uh, me and some of my colleagues from around the nation, we put this together. We designed this. This is going to be the standard way for Assemblies of God students to learn and share the gospel all across the nation. And in Pennsylvania, we got to get it first. And in the, in the fall, this last fall, five other districts in the Assemblies of God got it. But it will be in August that this launches nationally at our National Youth Convention in Orlando. And this group right here has been the testing ground for the journal and the scripture reading plan to internalize the gospel uh, in your hearts and in your minds, which is awesome. You, we, we made 50 journals, and we brought 45 of them right up here uh, and, and, uh, and for, you, for you guys. And since that time, since we just like put, a, put it together and, and showed it, uh, we have had an additional uh, to 1,200, uh, excuse me, 1,350 of them made up. 500 journals will go to Alabama. 250 will go to Arkansas. 500 will be for our youth convention right here, the Hope Now Convention, where we will launch the journal for the first time. But you, this group right here was the testing ground. So give yourselves a hand. Really awesome. Really awesome. You can find me on Instagram. This is Lee Rogers. Twitter, this is Lee Rogers. And you can get me on Facebook. I would really love if you sent me a one or two sentence testimony. You can DM me. Uh, you can Facebook message me, whatever. I would love a one or two sentence testimony of how God has worked in your life, what you've learned, how it's been using the journals. Would really, really appreciate hearing that from you. This is Lee Rogers, Instagram. Twitter, and I'm on Facebook too. And and I want to play a game quick. We're going to play a game. This game's called What Do You Love More? Okay, what do you love more? We're going to put two things on the screen. I want to hear from you, the audience. What do you love more? And then I'm going to tell you if you're right or wrong. Okay, let's see how it works. Here we go. So here we go. Snickers or Three Musketeers, what do you love more? Snickers. Correct answer is? Snickers, Snickers, okay. Yeah, okay, next, next, next. What do we got, what do we got? Okay, chess or checkers? Chess or checkers? Correct answer is chess. No, you'll grow into it, you okay. What do you love more, Swedish fish or Sour Patch Kids? Correct, Sour Patch Kids, correct. What do you love more? 
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. There we go. You're on the eastern part of the state now, McNanus. Get it together. What do you love more, lunch or study hall? Duh, right? Duh. What do you love more? What do you love more, cake or pie? A lot of pie people here. I'm sorry, you're not correct. The answer is cake. What do you love more, iPhone or Android phone? Duh, iPhone, yeah, okay. What do you love more, Instagram or Snapchat? Of course you do, but you're wrong. It is Instagram. It is Instagram. What do you love more, Sweet Frog or Rita's? Rita's, Rita's. Listen, if you are a Sweet Frog fan, which I am, they have got you where they want you because you go in there and they charge you by the ounce. By the ounce. A guy like me going into a place where they charge you by the ounce, I will be bankrupt if I go there as often as I like. What do you love more, Jesus or the devil? Duh, look at that devil. What a weenie devil that is, right? Yeah, what do you love more? Duh, Jesus. Now let's think about this. Why would anyone confront it with the reality of Jesus and the reality of evil, the devil, what scripture calls our adversary, Satan. Why would anybody choose evil? What if we said like this? You could have heaven or you could have hell. Why would anyone choose hell? You know, there are actually a few people out there who live in darkness, who've experienced such terrible things in their life that they probably would choose something bad. But most people, given the choice between these two things, will always choose Jesus. Will always choose Jesus. Now check this out. This is the gospel, right? That God is love, that our sin divides us from God, that he sent Jesus, he died for our sin, and then he came back to life. We need to make the decision, good or evil, Jesus or Satan. And if we choose to live for God, if we choose to put our faith in God, then the Holy Spirit will help us to live for God. I mean, it's really like, this is not complicated, right? And I just really love what Pastor Chris has done here. I love this uh, pin. I love the stickers. I know he's super creative that way, and that's super awesome. That's it. That's the gospel, and it's simple. And did you know something? Pastor Chris and a lot of youth pastors are using this to help you internalize, to learn, to memorize, to have the main fine points of the story of God soak into your heart. But we didn't write this to help you learn the gospel. We didn't design this to help you learn the gospel. We designed this to help you share the gospel with other people. Because that's what the gospel is for. I always say this, you know, there was a time when we were God's mission. We were God's mission, you and me. Jesus came for you and for me and every person, and we were God's mission. But once we put our faith in God, we become a part of God's mission, sharing this gospel wherever we go. And it's really, you know, life is complicated, 
But the gospel is really simple. Life is complicated. The gospel is simple. Sin is complicated. The gospel is simple. In fact, Paul wrote this in the book of Romans. This is just, just want to just clue you in here on why we designed this for you to share the gospel, not to learn the gospel. With a lot of youth pastors saying, this is great for learning the gospel. I love that. We didn't intend it that way. It's awesome that it's getting used that way. It's really designed for you to simply demonstrate the gospel to your friends. This booklet was not designed uh, for you. It was designed for the person who needs to put their faith in Jesus. That's why there's reflection questions in it. So the person can think about their own life. That's why there's simple stories and images and metaphors to help illustrate each point so people can begin to think through who had never thought about God before, what it really means. And Paul said it like this, that if you confess with your mouth and believe uh, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's easy. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. You will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart, that faith, that you're made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. It's easy. And then he went on to say this, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how, how, how then can they call on the one they've not believed in? How can they believe in the one they have not heard? How will somebody who's never been to church in your school, somebody who's never heard the gospel, how could they ever call upon Jesus? Because everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But they can't call upon him to save them unless... They believe in him, and they cannot believe in him. How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? See, the conclusion of this series is about being sent. How can anyone preach unless they're sent? How will anyone hear unless somebody preaches to them? You know what I'm looking at right now? I'm looking at a room full of preachers. You may not preach as well as Pastor Chris. You don't have to. Maybe you're introverted. Maybe you're shy. It's fine. You got your shy, introvert friends you hang out with. You can share the gospel with them in your shy, introverted way. I'm introverted myself. It's true. After I speak tonight and I go back on the road, I will be silent for two and a half hours because I need to be, because I'm introverted. You can still be a preacher having conversations with your friends about the gospel. Listen to this. Further down, Paul says this. Faith comes from hearing, hearing. That is hearing, hearing the good news about Christ. What does that mean? It means nobody puts their faith in Jesus by seeing your life and your example. There's a lot of people who say, if I could just live good enough, be a great example, people will come to Jesus. The point of the gospel is that you can't. If you could live good enough, you wouldn't need Jesus. 
Jesus didn't say, if we lift up our lifestyles before all men, they'll be drawn to him. He said, if I'm lifted high, I'll draw men to myself. The point of the gospel is we can't live a perfect enough example. Listen, I've been trying it. I came to Jesus when I was 14, and so for the last 26 years, I have tried to be an example, and no one has ever come to Jesus by watching my life. I have a master's degree in theology, a doctor of ministry in leadership and renewal. I preach in a lot of churches and a lot of places. I've taught missions and theology overseas and at home, and I can't be holy enough. And neither can you. Faith comes from hearing. Hearing the word about Jesus. Hearing the word about Christ. So I'm looking at an amazing, powerful, far-reaching room full of preachers. Not from a stage, but across a lunch table. Not from a pulpit, but from a locker. Because faith comes from hearing. And here's what else the Apostle Paul said. This will be my last verse, and I want to give you three simple things that you can do and tell you some stories. Three simple things you can do that will help you begin to share this gospel with others. I hope the journal helped you. I hope the journal helped you get a better internal grasp on the gospel, but I have to tell you, it's for you, it's designed to help you, but it's not supposed to end inside of you. It's for the world. It's for the world. You know, when we wrote these statements, when we put them together, we said, God is love, our sin, divides us from God. Jesus paid for our sin, then came back to life. We need to decide to put our faith in Jesus. The Holy Spirit will help us live for God because the gospel doesn't end with you. It's us. It's all of us. Globally, we have a sin problem. The only thing that every human being has in common is sin. That we need a Savior. And Paul said, Christ's love compels us because we are convinced, one, Jesus died for all, all, therefore all died. And he died for all that those of us who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. I got to tell you, like, I don't know how many books have been written about Jesus and about the scriptures. I went on Amazon yesterday and I went to the youth ministry category in the book section. There's over 3,000 books for sale on Amazon just about youth ministry. I don't know how many have been written about the church, about ministry, about Jesus, but I can tell you this. This is probably one of the best definitions I've ever seen about what it means to be a Christian. He died for all. Jesus died for all, for you and for me, that we would no longer live for ourselves, but for him. Him, he, who died for us and was raised again. What does that mean? 
means we got to tell other people about Jesus. It means we got to leave our insecurities at the cross. So we can tell other people about God. It means we got to put our personal pride, our reputation aside because we no longer live for that. But for him who died for us and was raised again. So what's three simple things you can do to start sharing the gospel with your friends? It's pretty easy. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. How many of you think it's awkward to talk to people about Jesus? We have a couple honest people in this room, and the rest of you are either dead or liars. Yeah, it's awkward. But it doesn't have to be awkward for you. It doesn't have to be awkward for you. In fact, the more you talk about Jesus, the less awkward it becomes. I'll tell you what's awkward. What's awkward is for you to come here every week and go to church on Sunday, even maybe read your Bible, pray, fill out a journal, and for your friends at school not to know that that part of your life exists. That's awkward. Oh, you go to church? That's awkward. That's called living a double life. It's like either your life here at church is your finsta or your life at school is. Oh, truth bomb. Whoa! <laughs> I heard that. Some of you felt that. That's awkward. It's awkward for me to live in a neighborhood, same house for 15 years, and for my neighbors not to know that I'm a Christian. I assure you, they all know. You know what else they know? They know. Those neighbors right beside me, they know when it snows, if I'm home, after I get plowed out of my driveway or snowmobiled or not snowmobile, snow blown out of my driveway, they know I'm coming to their house to do theirs because that's the first thing you can do. Help your friends. I don't mean help them by telling them about Jesus. I mean, that is the biggest help you can give them, okay? That's a very spiritual but they might just need help with their homework. You know, Jesus, he, he started a lot of times with people's needs. He fed people who were hungry. He healed people who were sick. He dismissed bullies who were bullying women and picking on people. He convicted them so that they couldn't even point a finger anymore. He helped people. He touched people that were untouchable. Jesus would easily have sat at the lunch table with the smelly kid who has no friends at school. Just help people, and it doesn't have to be that grandiose, compassionate of a thing. Help them with their homework. Help them by asking them their day, how their day was. Help them by giving them a ride somewhere. Help them by just inviting them over to your house, being a friend. Help them if they fall to pick up their books. Help them by always offering a stick of gum. Everybody likes the person that gives them a stick of gum. Stole that from Michael Scott in the office. <laughs> Listen, this is a simple, simple formula from Jesus forward. Help serve your friends. Jesus met the needs of the people around him and not in a spiritual way to begin with. It usually was some kind of physical or material way. He just helped people. Be helpful to people around you. Be useful to them. Second thing is this. Tell them. 
Ask them. Ask them if they know about Jesus. Like I said, hey, well, that's awkward. Of course it is. But the more you do it, the less awkward it is for you. It will always be awkward for them. The gospel is confrontational. It causes people to be confronted with the spiritual realities that maybe they've never thought about before. It's always awkward for them. It doesn't have to be awkward for you. Ask them if they know about Jesus. Ask them if you can tell them what it means to you to go to church. Ask them. Tell them what Jesus means to you. And the third thing is this, invite them. Invite them to put their faith in God. Hey, can I, can I share this with you? Could we read through this? Can I just walk through this together with you? This book's designed so that each point, you know, the reflection questions or reflection questions in this little 16-page booklet, you should think about those before you talk to your friend so that as you talk to your friend, you can give examples out of your own life of what it means to you that God is love, how you've experienced that, what it means to you, that what your experience with sin has been. Maybe it's your sin. Maybe it's the sin of a parent or someone else that's really harmed you. And Jesus, though, he came and he took that on. What does that mean to you? You talk them through that. Invite them to put their faith in Jesus. But you know what? Invite them to come to church with you. Do you know how many times someone has to hear about Jesus before they gain faith to believe in him? Anybody know? How many times does somebody need to hear the gospel before they gain the faith to believe in Jesus? No, it's not once. On average, it's 7.6 times. You're just a little off. 7.6 times, Kiefer, that somebody needs to hear the gospel before they put their faith in Jesus. It means like, oh, I asked them once and they weren't interesting. 7.6 times average. Means you gotta keep knocking on the door. You gotta keep asking. You gotta learn to be okay with getting rejected for the gospel. That's hard. That's hard. But you've got to keep knocking. I mean, some people in your school will need to hear about Jesus 100 times because 7.6 is the average. Some people once. Some people 100 times. And invite them to church. Do you know what the church is? Uh, the Bible says it's the body of Christ. It talks especially in the book of Revelation, about the church being the bride of Christ? I mean, honestly, you really can't take Jesus without taking his bride. That's kind of rude, right? Invite them to church. Let them experience what it's like to be a part of a great community like this, and then keep inviting them. Pick them up. Help them find a way to get there. I met a girl a couple years ago. Her name was Cammie. In eighth grade, she made a decision to be intentional with her faith at school. She started a Bible club at her school, a Christian club at her school. She went to a little school called Kiske out, uh, outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's a true story. She went to an Assembly of God church, and in eighth grade, she brought her friend Anna, Anastasia, to church. Anna put her faith in Jesus, and Cammie and Anna together were determined by the Holy Spirit to make a difference in their school, so they started a club. They started handing out pencils at lunch to their friends and life books and all kinds of stuff, and then they started inviting people to their club, and they started inviting people to their church, and people started to show up. People started to come with them to church like crazy, and they were just in eighth grade. 
And first they invited a girl named Emily who started to come. And after Emily, they invited Peyton to come. Kitty started to come. And then a girl named Brittany Chicka. Then a, a, one a girl named Olivia came, the first Olivia. And then Micah started to come. And Bree and Lexi, these are all kids who go to Kiski with Cammy and Anna. And Cammy and Anna got them to come to church. Not once they started coming every week. And Cammie and Anna were like talking to their parents. We've got to pick people up, take them to church. It kept getting bigger. Lexi started to come. The other Olivia started to come. Olivia Rimmel. Nick started to come. And Shane and Trey and Kaija, Marissa and her twin sister. The parents started going to the church saying, can we use the church vans to pick people up on Wednesday? We can't get enough people in our cars. Brittany Drobka started to come, and Kayla, this happened. All these students started to come by December of their eighth grade year. By March, the number had doubled. Same school year. By the end of the school year, there were about 60 students. The number tripled. Coming to youth group on a regular basis. Because Cammie and Anna were inviting them. Not once, not twice, every week. Cammie had her text group set up. Be out here. Van's coming at this time. That was eighth grade. Ninth grade came. They kept inviting people to church. Tenth grade, they kept inviting people to church. Eleventh grade. They kept inviting people to church. Twelfth grade, they kept inviting people to church. Cammie graduated last year. By the time she graduated, keep going, over 150 students had started coming to church on a pretty regular basis. True story. She went to a public school and she studied cosmetology in Votech. She was just like some of you. Could God work through you? Could God work through you? Could God make you a preacher? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, anything is possible. That's the key, and I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. If we can get our keyboardists up here, we're just going to pray, and then we've got a few little things to talk about. The Holy Spirit, if you start to trust the Holy Spirit, God could do anything through you. Help your friends. Ask them about Jesus. Invite them to put their faith in him. Invite them to church. Because the gospel is good news. I mean, that's literally what it means. It means good news. When I was in college, I uh, had a uh, car that I really liked. And uh, it was kind of like, you know, right now, like your status symbol is your, is your, as, a, as a boy, at least sometimes too, girls in high school is your KD ratio, right? Your kill-death ratio. Oh, yeah, pretty good ratio. Well, when I was in high school, it was your car, okay? 
important. There's still some of that today, but it's not like it was. And I had a car and I wanted to take it to the car wash. I love these car washes where you go in and the brushes hit your car, right? This is a lot of fun, especially when you're a kid. You really like this. Well, in college, you're poor, so you can't go to that car wash. You got to go to the other car wash, right? The do it yourself car wash. And uh, you got to put quarters in these things. Quarters. They don't take Apple Pay, Android Pay. They don't take credit cards. You got to put the quarters in the machine, which means you got to have dollar bills. And usually, you got to put the dollar bills in the change machine to get the quarters first. So we're going to the car wash. Me and my friend Tom Arnold. He's driving his car. I'm driving my car. We both had black cars. We loved our cars. We wanted to keep them clean, so we're going to the car wash. Now, a few weeks before we went to the car wash, I noticed that smoke was coming out of my engine compartment and uh car was running fine but it was smoking and i was poor in college so i discovered that i had a power steering fluid leak that it was leaking and when it would leak it would hit the hot engine and evaporate and send up a little puff of smoke and it was going to cost eight hundred dollars to fix it and it only costs $3 for a bottle of power steering fluid, which kept me going for a week at a time. So no, I was not going to fix it. So for a couple weeks before we go to the car wash, I'm putting power steering fluid in once a week, car smoking. We're on our way to the car wash, turn left at the University of Valley Forge. There's a car wash about a mile down from the school. We come to a red light. We're sitting at a red light. Somebody comes up to my car, gets out of their car, walks up to my car window, and knocks on the window. And I'm like, oh, you know, that doesn't really happen. Whoa, hey, put the window down a little bit. I'm like, uh, what do you want, you know? He says, I think your car's on fire. And I say, no, 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 thank you, thank you. It's not on fire. I have a power steering fluid leak. It smokes. I'll probably get it fixed, but thank you for telling me. And he says, well, okay, but I did see flames under your car. So I open the door and I look out, and there's flames under my running car at the stoplight. And I yell out, Tommy, he's in front of me, Tommy, we gotta go to the car wash. My car is on fire and we gotta put it out. So we drive, I mean, oh yeah, quickest way to put this fire out, we're only half a mile from the car wash, they got water there. So we take off flying towards the car wash to put the fire out. And it's one way entrance into the car wash. So we drive around the back of the building. I'm 20 feet from the entrance to the car wash and the fire has gotten big enough that it has burned through the wires that control the motor and the car stops 20 feet from the entrance on fire. And I jump out and I'm panicking. We gotta get the water. We gotta get the water. I run in, I grab the hose, I start to run. I think, wait a minute, I didn't put the quarters in the machine. I don't have any quarters. I gotta get the dollar bills. Go to the change machine, my car's on fire. Bring goes the dollar bill. Comes out, gotta straighten out the dollar bill. My car's on fire. Put it, the quarters come out. I run, I pump the quarters in the machine. I grab the hose, which is attached to the wall. I run to the car, and 10 feet from the car, the hose runs out and it snaps me back. And I fall on my back, and the car's on fire. So I stand up and I try to mist 
the fire out from 10 feet away. Let me tell you something. The fire went out, but it was too late. The engine was done. The car was finished. And I had warning and warning and warning for weeks that something was wrong. And I chose to do the easy thing. I chose not to fix it. I chose not to get involved. I waited too late, too long, and it was too late. Every day you go to school, you get warning after warning after warning that things are wrong in your school, in your friends' lives. Don't ignore it. Don't do the easy thing and say nothing because it will come. A time will come when it's too late. When it's too late. School's over, it's too late. Graduate high school, it's too late. You won't ever go back, not as a student. It's too late. Holy Spirit, I pray, speak to every student here. Place on their heart the name of a friend, somebody that they know. Maybe it's somebody from their lunch table. Maybe it's a friend from down the street that needs to put their faith in God. Holy Spirit, put that person on every student's mind, on every adult leader's mind. Holy Spirit, populate our brains with ideas and opportunities to help them, to serve them, Help us to do the hard thing and ask if they know about Jesus. Tell people about what you have done for us and give them the spirit of friendship so that they can invite their friends to you and to Apex and to Back Mountain. We need you. Help us in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this Apex Students podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little more like Jesus.